Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. I'm your co host, Ed Krasnick, my partner, Jennifer Kalari, coming up shortly. And this is a show where comics and other folks in entertainment talk about mental health and practice resilience skills. These are everyday things we can actually do in the moment to live happier and healthier, or so I hear. It's about how we respond to our thoughts and feelings, choices that I can, when I say you, I mean me, choices you and I can make to connect. Thoughts and feelings are sending messages and we can talk back. You mean out loud? Why not? Why keep all this stuff inside and act crazy anyway? Call it out. One of the cool things uh, that I learned from a friend who has a great organization called GoZen.com, Rini Jane, is all about embarrassment. The times in life when you feel like you want to hide under a rock, you know those times. If you feel awkward, something very simple. You can actually say the word out loud in a silly voice, awkward, and probably people will laugh and it diffuses things in the moment. Just call it out. Call it out. Why not? Awkward. On today's show will be a study in awkwardness. We're going to talk about it because we have one of the great hosts and a friend who has a long-running popular podcast called The Mental Illness Happy Hour. Fantastic show. Fantastic long-running podcast. He's also an actor and a comic, and he does a character kind of like Stephen Colbert used to do. This character is a Republican congressman from Ohio named Richard Martin one of my favorites, and I'm talking to him about mental health in the state of the world, and it is horrifically funny. I will remind you twice more during the show, this is a character, not an actual person. It's comedy. It's like Colbert or Jiminy Glick or an SNL character. It is a character, and I thought it would be funny if we talked to this character about his mental health. Today's show is brought to you by Resume. Resume. You've heard about IQ and EQ. Well, Resume is a mental health resume service that lets you create an emotional resume. Just like a career resume. 2020 to 2021, depressed with occasional moments of happiness. 2019, learned how to set limits by using the word no. 2018, Fear and anxiety exploration became aware that what I tell myself matters. Increase my typing speed as well. Resume is the most important resume you'll ever have. List important character traits. Easily agitated during the Real Housewives. Kind to others while beating the crap out of self. Learning. Special skills. Worrying about things I have no control over. Asking for what I need before I explode. Patience during Scrabble. Resume. Resume your feelings with Resume. Now, we always like to welcome uh, our listeners, no matter what emotional state you're in. Here are emotional shout-outs. If you have a Lego therapy playset, welcome. If you've used the phrase, I'm an open book in a library, welcome. If when a waiter takes your order, your response is, oh, everything is my fault now. If you've invented a new game called Hide and Go Eat, welcome. If you're excited to be going out in the world but still insist on wearing your pajamas, welcome. And if you shout the words do-over 
during a DUI exam, welcome. And if you're beating yourself up even now, there's always a place for you right here on the Mental Health Comedy Podcast. Now, I want to bring in our friend from the North and the South, the First Lady of Serotonin, the Queen of Oxytocin, the High Priestess of the Hippocampus, Jennifer Kalari. Now, you see a lot of people in your practice. What is the whole psychology of how do you deal with the, the dual nature of being sick or not being well and trying to be well mentally? Similarly to what we talk about, and this is very difficult, when you have physical symptoms and they're really bothering you and you're, you know, they're on your mind and you're physically feeling them, it's really difficult to think about anything else. In fact, being in pain or being uncomfortable is exhausting. I mean, it really takes a ton of energy. But the real trick is to try and keep your mental state as positive as possible because when you are stressed, your immune system downgrades. And the reason it does this is, you know, again, we've talked about how the midbrain is not the brightest part of the brain, the thinking and the planning and the perspective taking and the understanding and the ability to regulate is all part of the frontal lobe. But the mid-range job is to keep you safe. And it just doesn't care what's what. It just thinks if you're upset, then you, you know, you're in danger. So whenever we're stressed, the body actually goes, well, okay, I don't want to give all this energy to this infection that I'm fighting or this illness that I have or this headache that I have. I'm going to give my energy to, you know, running away from this thing that's chasing me. And so what happens is the immune system actually downgrades. So the more stressed you are, the, the, the less able your immune system is. Now, before people worry about that, there's a lot of things you can do. So let's take pain, for example. Let's say you have a you know, bad hip or a bad knee. Let's just start with that. And all day long, you're thinking and you're narrating, oh, this knee and this hurts and it hurts when I do this. And you're telling everybody about it and you're emailing people about it and you're kind of talking about it and giving it energy and giving it life. What you want to actually practice is taking your attention to another part of your body. So if your other knee, and this is, this is crazy, if you're in pain, you have to try it. If your other knee is not hurting, then you take your attention, your awareness to the knee that's not hurting. And your nar- narration becomes, well, my arms are good. My other knee's pretty good. My shoulder's fine. I, my neck's okay. Focus on the parts of your body that are actually feeling okay. And it's not, I mean, it's not obviously not going to make you not be in any pain, but it will change your mental state. And that's really, really important. Now you can allow yourself to kind of go there for a little bit and just feel really sorry for yourself and then pick yourself up and try to think about the parts of your body that are healthy, the parts of you that are well, try not to talk about it all the time because literally, you know, we sort of do this with our lives in general is we talk about the stuff we don't want. We talk about the stuff we don't like. Force yourself to have conversations and talk about other things. Use music, try to relax, try to breathe, try, you know, try to go around your house and look at everything beautiful. Another technique that can, can really help, actually, if you're not feeling well, is to actually send, imagine sending all of your energy, all of your energy, all of your healing energy, get, get some imagery going. You can imagine soldiers, you can imagine anything that you know, gives you that uh, image of being a warrior, I guess. Um, and sending all of that energy to the part of your body or the flu or the whatever you have that you're struggling with, whatever you know, disease you're struggling with, send your energy there. Um, and that's a much better use of your cognitive energy and time. And this is all easy to say, by the way, but it's really all you've got when you're struggling. I want to bring in our guest now. Uh, this is a conversation that I had with a friend who is a terrific actor, a terrific host for many years now. He has a wonderful, powerful, often funny, real podcast 
called the Mental Illness Happy Hour. He talks with comics, talks with all kinds of experts about mental health issues, the things that we keep inside. In addition to being a great host, he does a character, one of my favorites, a Republican congressman from Ohio, very conservative, called ultra-conservative, right-wing, called Congressman Richard Martin from Ohio. Congressman Richard Martin from Ohio. He's very pleasant about horrific things, very buttoned up, so like a Stephen Colbert character. Now remember, this is a character I'm talking with, not a real person. It's a comedic interview done for comedic purposes. So without any further explanation, here's my talk with Congressman Richard Martin, played by Paul Gilmartin. Tell us a little bit about your background, your family, and, and how you got into politics and, and sort of what led to, to all of the public work that you do. Well, I, I'm the first from, from my folks to be a, a, a politician. I think my, my dad always wanted to be a politician, but it just things just never really lined up uh, for Pops. And uh, that's the shame because he was... He was a very, very wise man. Uh, you know, one of the one of the things that he used to do to to build our character when we were kids is uh, every Sunday afternoon he'd get all the kids together and mom, and we'd get in the car and we'd go find some place really beautiful in the country, nice and quiet, and we'd gather under a tree and he'd lay a, a, a blanket down. We'd all close our eyes, and then he would pick apart our flaws, and it 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 was a way that you just get to the center of a kid. You know, life's less. He would say, "Life's lessons are best learned through hot, salty tears." And <laughs> I I thought this really hurts, but I guess he knows what he's what he's doing, and. You know, he he told me later, he said, Richard, if you can walk hot coals as a kid in bare feet, you'll soar the skies in a pinstripe suit as a as an adult. I think that's what he was saying. Prison glass is very thick. But but dad had a lot of opinions on stuff. And he was just he was. God bless him. He was just a. A unique man who who I like to think made me who I am today. Well, that's a beautiful. You paint a beautiful picture. One of the things. So you obviously have a lot of fondness. Obviously, uh, a lot of love for your dad. What kind of dad are you? Because you have your own family. I'm. I, I think I'm a great dad, Edward. I uh, I have two beautiful children. Three total. Two are beautiful. I never let them know which one's which, and that you know that keeps them on their toes, and that again builds character. I think, I think that's something I probably got from from pops. But um, I have three kids: Ronald, Wilson, and Reagan, and they are. I just I can't wait until they're rich so I can be proud of them, and I know, and I know one day they will be. I know they will be. Uh, Ronnie's my oldest. He's a he's a uh, captain of the football team, you know, all the, all the stuff that you would dream that your kid would be. And, uh, it was a little touch and go there for a while. He got injured playing football 
the, he took a hit to the head and there was a period of for about a week where the doctors said that he may lose his sense of entitlement and it was it was scary but about a week or two later he started referring to himself in the third person and we knew that he was he was back and uh that's been such a relief uh our our middle is uh wilson he uh he's a bit of a head scratcher uh sets a lot of fires disappears a lot uh he's hard to listen to i'll be honest I find myself a lot of times just getting up and going into the other room. And then our youngest is uh, Reagan. And she, uh, she every year I say, honey, what do you want for Christmas? And she says, I want a pony. And we send her to wait camp instead. And that's kind of that's kind of that in a nutshell. <laughs> well, it sounds like, you know, I don't mean to laugh, but uh, it, it sounds like you really have set up clear boundaries uh, with your kids and, and exactly. certainly firm, firm parenting, which a lot of people, you know, today in today's world, a lot of people consider the parenting too permissive. And you've really yes. set down the tone, which you got from your dad, who really laid down, exactly. you know, laid down a blanket, laid down the law uh, is what he did. Now, so a lot of people and a lot of parents and certainly people listening to this show they are very concerned with mental health. And I guess I wonder what your sort of take on mental health today is, all the talk about it, all the issues, teenage suicide. You know, there's a lot of depression, anxiety. These are like public health issues, and you're a congressman. What is your take on it, and how do we, how should we be dealing with this? You know, Edward, I've, I, I think we just ne just need to stop worrying about mental health. You know, I think the problem is is, is folks just don't smile enough. <laughs> you think that smiling, just the simple act of I smiling, do. can turn your head around? My wife Jazz can smile while she's sobbing. You know, if she could pass that on to other gals, I, you know, I think half of the world's problems would be solved because if a mom's not happy, the family's not happy. You know, pops used to say there's two things gals can never keep low enough, their weight and their voices. And I, I could not agree more. When, when my wife Jazz does feel like she needs to cry, she has the dignity to go into another room and not make me have to watch it. You know, a man can't make a baby with a raccoon. You know, <laughs> I've never heard that expression before. But again, I... that's from that's from Pops. You know, yeah. messy mascara. It, you know, it's how you gonna how you gonna have a house full of kids when you're looking at a. A raccoon laying on. Well, that uh, that's that's old world wisdom, I guess, is what that is. It's, it it's is. from the old. It's from it another is. time, but it certainly endures uh, yes. in today's world. Now, uh, so your relationship with jazz. How did you guys meet, and how do you resolve issues that you have with each other, if if ever? Well, I met her. There was a uh, a debutante ball. That I, that, that I went to. And then within that debutante ball, another debutante ball broke out. And it was in that second mini debutante ball 
that uh, that I that I met her, and she just seemed like somebody who would listen to what I had to say, and that was enough for me. And she's she's an obedient gal. Uh, she was kind enough to leave all her opinions at the door, and uh, I reward her when she behaves. I give her a diet sun-kissed. I keep it locked up in a mini fridge. Uh, every once in a while, I'll catch her doing something, and I'll, you know, I'll say, "You're not, <laughs> you're not going to get another diet sun-kissed for for a week or two. Uh, I caught her doing yoga once, and uh, had to had to take away her diet sun-kissed privileges. Uh, so, what does yoga lead to? Yoga leads to. Oh, you don't know, yoga. Yoga was invented by the gays as a way of loosening the anus to accept the penis. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't heard that yes. one before. And meditating, okay, the breathing. You, now that you that, bring it up, it'll. That was I'll look what for that, voodoo the, people used to do to cool off the meat after roasting a baby. <laughs> okay, can you? Can you speak to uh, okay? So let's get into some of your work as a congressman. You're on the Hill. You're right. a Republican, part of the Republican Party. What's happening to the party now? And it seems to be shifting. And and you know, where are you on some of the fringe? And maybe you don't look at them as the fringe, but but uh, when we talk about we talk about QAnon. We talk about some of the issues that led to the led to what happened at the Capitol. What's going on with the party right now? Well, you got to be more specific because I think I think we're hitting our stride. I think we're finally starting coming to to come to a place of reason, and not a moment too soon. But what do you uh, what what do you specifically want to know, Edward? Well, specifically, if you have members of the party that are involved in you know groups such as QAnon, how 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 do you deal with that as a party? Well, I I, I don't see a, a a problem with with folks being associated with with QAnon. Um, I don't know that much about it. But I know that people are excited to be part of it, and I think anything that energizes the political uh, arena can't be all bad, even if it involves torches. You know, you know the some of the uh, theories. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, one of the great members gal, of Congress, great gal. You like her? Oh, um, terrific! Nobody makes more sense than Marjorie. Well, you know, part of the the QAnon doctrine suggests uh, issues like uh, theories like Jews and space lasers are trying to take over the globe and are responsible for all the fires that have been happening, you know, in America for sure and in LA in specific. Is that something that you agree with, or how do you how do you answer that? I, you know, that's that's one that my my scientific knowledge isn't deep enough for me be able to, to, to be able to say whether or not I, I, I find that to be valid. Um, but I am very excited by anything that could be labeled as anti-Semitism, not because I'm an anti-Semite, just because I love a rollicking debate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now you're a Jewish fella, right? 
I am. I am. Yeah, I was brought up Jewish. My ancestors are Jewish. Yes. When you do the temple thing, are there space lasers? Uh, there are not space lasers that I've seen, but I felt some pretty strong uh, vibrations. Okay. I don't know whether they're connected to space lasers. I did have a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Shapiro, at one point, who I thought might have been some kind of a uh, a wizard. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he was, and I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize him as yes. a wizard. But there was definitely some kind of witchcraft yeah. taking place. I, yeah, you know, I, but no, space lasers, the answer would be no on that, right. on the space laser front. I, but I, I, yeah. I got a question. What, what's the deal with the, the uh, you know, the curly hair coming from the ears? What, what's, what, well, those, what's, the, yeah. what's the significance of, of the, the sideburns, the crazy long curly sideburns? Well, in certain, uh, in certain sects, you know, Judaism, like yeah. many other religions, has different uh, sex of it. There's a, uh, a conservative, a reform, an orthodox, and a Hasidic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Hasids uh, grow their what are called payas, which are the which is the Hebrew word for the sideburn that you, you're describing. Right. In my limited knowledge, which is very limited, even though I went to yeshiva as a kid, I went to a Hebrew parochial school when I was a kid to avoid. Uh, the race riots that are happening during busing in Boston, my folks answer to suggesting, you know, that the teacher suggesting that they move me to avoid violence to a uh, parochial school uh, was to send me to, you know, this, he- this Hebrew day school. And then when I suggested that we shouldn't have McDonald's anymore because we have to keep kosher, they pulled me out of that school, which was, you know, very wise uh, of them. But no, the idea is that God, that, that growing your hair long, uh, that growing your hair out is a, these are all signs to, to God, that you're mm-hmm. in accordance with God, with the spirit of God. I see. And, and that's, part, that's part of it. So if and- that's the case, then I'm guessing that a lot of the bands, the rock bands of the 60s would be very godlike. Right, right. And so- then I guess God wants your ears to look unattractive. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I guess that's what, I guess that's the assumption, or okay. or just just you know just kind of uh, you know un, uh, unkempt in a certain way. You know, nature gotcha. being nature. Yeah, because it's just it's it's odd looking, and and yeah. and, and I don't mean that to be hurtful to anyone. It's just every time I, I see a fella with that, I think, does, does he know that's ugly? So, so it bothers you a little bit. Oh, very much. I lose sleep. Yeah. I lose sleep. And, and what does Jazz say when you're, when you're in a state where you're bothered? What does she, how does she help you? She just keeps the scotch coming. Yeah. 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 Um, have you ever been in, I'm just going to go off the reservation here a little bit, Richard, but have you ever been in therapy and what's your take on it? <laughs> Ed, I'm not gay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm just asking, have you ever had ups and downs in your life, like depression, anxiety, things like that? I have not. I have, like not. That? I have no. not. No. And when somebody in the family is, has experienced something not. like that? They have not. 
Okay, great, great. So you've managed to sort of sort of bypass that. Now we're all about- very we're all very happy, Edward. And please don't ask that question again. <laughs> now, what about other people? That everybody seen- I know is happy, Edward. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about how are we supposed to know? You know, the media. Of course, I'm sure you have had a lot of experiences with the media being a congressman. How are we supposed to know the difference between truth and lies in today's world? You know it is truth if the rage in your belly feels ignited or you're watching Fox News. That those two things would, Those would, two things. Yeah. If you hear a fact that makes you have to look up something on the internet, it's false. Right. Right. But if it makes sense to the rage that you feel starting in your testicles and going to your scalp, then you know that is the truth. So climate change, is, is that something we have a climate crisis? How, how do we deal with that? And how should, what should the government do? It's a hoax, Edward. Mm-hmm. It's a hoax. Mm-hmm. It's an absolute. And let's say it wasn't, let's say the, 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 the earth is getting warmer, you know? So what? Okay. The, the seas are increasing. Well, guess what? Everybody now has beachfront real estate. How is that a problem? Right. Yeah. I think I can see that that's, uh, I can see that that's a take for sure. Pollution. God made clouds. Why can't we? Yeah. You strike me as somebody who's looked at life from both sides now. I have. Uh, in a way. I, have. Uh, I, be- I believe that coal is the future. Children also, but mostly coal. Mm. Uh, children, but mostly coal. So, so mining, a lot, of the, a lot of the policies, you're on a, a number of the committees in Congress. I, I guess I want to get to kind of another issue because climate, climate change is a huge one. But the other one is the economic divide in this country. How do we heal the economic divide between rich and poor? Because it seems like we've lost the middle class a little bit. I think the, the I think the only way to really heal it is to make this separation clear and wide. That's so, that's why I think the middle class needs to be eliminated because are they rich? Are they poor? It's kind of like folks that aren't black or aren't white. You don't know what to say around them. You don't know what kind of jokes to make. I think we need to do that, have that clear delineation. You know, I would love to see neighborhoods organized by, by wealth. And in a lot of ways they are, but it just makes things easier. You know, America is ideally a smooth running machine and everybody needs to know their place and their role. Some folks are meant to dig. Others are meant to yell, dig faster. Now, are, what's the role of government in today's world? Is the government here to help people? How active should the government be in people's lives? Well, you know, Ed, that, that, that's a great question, and I think it depends on the issue. The, the most important issue uh, or question to ask around any issue is, what's in it for me? Mm. Yeah, that's always a good question uh, to ask for sure. And, you know, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's enough people asking that 
right up front. I think they pretend, and then exactly. really what they're asking inside, like you say, is what's in it for me. And I think they should just start verbalizing it. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I wanted to sort of get to with you is who's the president of the United States today? Because we had an election. We had a lot of people disputing the results. We had 70 million people voting for Trump. Who is the recognized president in your mind? In my mind, it's the fellow with the buffalo head from January 6th. Okay, right, right. And what happened on January 6th? How do you interpret that whole thing? Because I know, first of all, where were you? I was changing my underwear. Mm -hmm. And how did you- For a large portion of it. The beginning, I wasn't changing my underwear, but about halfway through it, I was, uh, I could be found changing my underwear. And how did you respond to what happened and how should we, how do we deal as a country with, you know, uh, an insurrection at the Capitol? Mm. Well, first I had to go get another pair of underwear Mm. and then uh, I had to go about uh, telling everybody that I knew uh, to keep quiet about me changing my underwear. Mm. And then I went underwear shopping. <laughs> There's a lot of theme. It hit me hard. It hit me hard. Uh, and then eventually I settled in and I turned on the news and Tucker Carlson was calling into, into question uh, whether or not the, the election was valid or not. And that was enough for me to say that Joe Biden is, is, is not our president. That coupled with the the polls that showed uh, that most people didn't believe he was our legitimately elected president. And I thought that's where the money is. So what do we do? I think we keep protesting that the the election was stolen because it's just – it keeps things interesting. Hmm. And 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 what do you? How do you look at the incidents of January sixth? Was that what you would call a protest? I would call it a a capital tour with a little paprika, <laughs> with a little bit of spice to it. Yes, yes. Nobody meant any harm. You know, I think you could see it was playful between the the police and the you know the white folks. Um, there was a lot of folks smiling. Uh, I think the chants were very energetic and patriotic. And, uh, you know, if you look at the Black Lives Matter protests, people are, their faces are scrunched up and they're angry and, and they just look dangerous. But, you know, like Tucker Carlson said, we didn't see any, uh, any androgynous, angry bloggers. You know, you didn't. You didn't. You saw folks that look like they came from right next door. And if they look like they're from right next door, how could they be dangerous? Good point. Very good point. Very important point to make that they could be right next door. But the one thing I I think the one thing that we can all come together on, I think the uniting moment was uh, everybody's hatred of Mike Pence. Hmm. Yeah, well, that was certainly a problem for he and his family who had to flee and and take cover. But you were, and I don't even know why I hate him. Yeah. Maybe it's because his hair is so perfect. Yeah, yeah, and he's a bit, he's a bit pious. I think mm. a lot of us would like to see him stoned to death. You know, mm. 
Mm. Well, you have you have some very uh, some very strong opinions, and that's your right as a as an American uh, citizen. That's one of the things that's great about this country is certainly is our is our freedom of uh, of speech. So, do you look at the media as an enemy? Do you look at the is the media the fourth estate? Is the media important in this country, and is that connected to free speech in your mind? Or I, I, I think anything that isn't coming from Rupert Murdoch needs to really be questioned because Rupert is the ultimate patriot. He has turned this country around. He has turned us from a group of people that questioned authority to a group of people that salute and earn. You know, there's no exam for being a congressman or a public servant. There's no you know, there are tests to get a license to be a barber, but there are no tests uh, or exams or process of that nature for the qualifications of a of being in Congress or serving the public in that way. Should there be? Yes. I think we need a putting contest. Mm-hmm. Most of us are golfers. Some of us are terrible golfers. Some of us don't even golf. Why would you enter into politics if you're have no intention of going golfing. And that makes that makes zero sense to me. Mm. But but you know, I don't think you need to know about history, world history, what countries north of us, what countries south of us. Who cares? We're America. We make the news. We are the news. Mm. Yeah, I think that's part of the. You know what makes uh, making America great again is is more of a uh, uh, more of a being concerned about ourselves and not about other countries. Exactly. I think we've seen we've seen the beauty of where that leads. Yes, okay. you know America is number one. Let's get it in writing. Mm-hmm. Let's make ourselves a trophy. Let's take a picture of ourselves. Let's do a three hundred and thirty million person selfie. <laughs> That's a great idea. Now, you've said for your entire career, and you say this time and time again, it's one of the quotes that you have that you're quoted most often as saying that you have a zero tolerance policy, Yes, but you never say toward what? What I, is your zero tolerance policy about? I don't know. I just feel it. I just feel like I've had enough of it. Hmm. And someday I will know what it it is. But uh, I don't know. Is it snacking? Is it rain? Hmm. I don't know. You just don't know. Well, I don't it's good know. To, but you're I, very strong on it. I know it's not bombing. Hmm. I enjoy bombing. Hmm. There is something very comforting watching a plane leave our borders packed with explosives. It's almost sexual. Can can do you ever get that stirring? I don't get that stirring, but you know, I have stirrings oh. about other things that maybe people would find odd, but uh, no, I don't have that. I don't have that particular one. But but I will, uh, you know, ask you, you know, what are you watching these days? What kind of TV? What kind of movies are happening in the Martin household? Well, you know, probably the favorite on rotation is is Top Gun. Uh, you know. The boys and I, uh, we put on leather bomber jackets and we get in our underwear and, uh, and we watch Top Gun and we do a lot of high-fiving 
and it's just it just feels good to to root for America. Uh, I think it's so easy to say, "Hey, what are we doing wrong as America?" And that's you know that never built patriotism. But uh, Top Gun is just it's just such a great movie. It it touches on so many different issues of you know from how handsome can our military be to uh, how fast can planes go to uh, how tight can underwear be? And I think all of those, uh, if our forefathers could ever see where we've taken this country, I think they would be so, so very, very proud. Uh, So that's something I like to do. Uh, Another thing I like to do is to, you know, just to let the kids know how good we have it. Sometimes we'll drive through poor neighborhoods and I'll just point at people and say, look at that, look at that guy, you know, look at that mess over there. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll look up from their phone and, and they'll say, wow, wow. And then we come home and uh, we watch Tucker Carlson. So zero tolerance, widening the divide. Widening the wide, get a crowbar. Let's make it clear. You know, I feel like a, a, I want to see the, the economic divide in this country look like a guy's hair from the 50s, just parted right down the middle like railroad tracks, you know, homeowners over here, renters over there, stay off the tracks or you're going to lose a leg. <laughs> Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance, Ed. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Uh, and that's a good, probably a good, a good setup because I know you're working on a book. Is it called Zero Tolerance or what's the book going to be? It's called Zero Tolerance. And then there's a question mark. And there's no, you know, how they have a little title after that, like, you know, the, the key to making America great again. It just is Zero Tolerance question mark. And, and I actually don't even touch on that in the book at all. So it was kind of a mistake to title it that, but um, I suppose I, I did the process backwards. I should have come up with the title afterwards, but uh, my family watches Disney Plus a lot. I'm sure your family loves Disney, but I was curious about Hamilton because it's been such a great musical, and it's certainly about America and about our founding fathers. Have you seen it? And what do you? What's your take on it? I actually uh, have a Hamilton block on my cable. Uh, how does that work? You you, you go to uh, settings and then you can restrict stuff, you know, by R or PG. Uh, but one of the choices is Hamilton. And so mine will block anything related to Hamilton. So my kids don't have to see America portrayed in a diverse light. So you, so you, you've heard about Hamilton, of course, the Lin-Manuel I've been Miranda. Warned. I've been warned about it. When the name Hamilton comes up in my country club, Ed, you can hear silverware rattle. Sometimes you'll hear a plate break. Just it, even just, heh, a plate will break. So for all that you've heard about it, wouldn't you be curious just to see you know, what it is that you're, you know, because it's about the founding fathers. It's about rap, Ed. Do I want to see Ben Franklin breakdancing? I don't know. 
you don't. I'm guessing you don't. So this is so what you think is a, this is a a false. You know uh, what? It, you want to do Hamilton? Make the cast white and put it to smooth jazz. That's American. We'll look forward to the next time uh, that we get to talk to you. That's Congressman Richard Martin from Ohio. God bless you, and, and may God continue to bless America, Edward. Thanks to the amazing Paul Gilmartin as Congressman Richard Martin. Paul's show is the Mental Illness Happy Hour. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. It's great. One of the best. And remember to visit ConnectedParenting.com for more on Jennifer, all kinds of resilient skills you can use, media, podcasts, classes, and books. And please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are now on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. Visit us there. You can find us and many other great shows. Believe it. Back next week with a brand new show. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. I'm Ed Krasnick. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.